The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. An ambassador for the dogs and broadcasting live from Truist Park every day. All day, every day. It's time for Buck's Beat with Buck Baloo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Buck's Beat. This is episode 78, a Georgia-Texas Christian National Championship Game Preview. ESPN's David Pollock joins me coming up in a few moments. Buck's Beat is sponsored by Mickey Himes and the GetMickey.com team at Keller Williams. If you're looking to buy or sell in the Lake Lanier Homes Up 400 market, get Mickey and his team working for you. Selling? Don't leave money on the table. Buying, get Mickey to help you find it and provide you with that five-star service that you're looking for. Call 678-341-7474 or go to getmickey.com and get the deal done. Cinderella right now is the only thing that stands in the way of Georgia running it back. Took 41 years to win another national championship, and now the dogs are in position to win back-to-back titles. Next thing you know, we're going to be talking about a three-peat. Take a look at next season's schedule. There'll be some saying that's going to be the easiest schedule in the Power Five next year. Texas Christian Horn Frogs football team, man, they've been amazing this season. Sonny Dykes has done an incredible job flipping the script. Last season, TCU was 5-7. and seven. Right now, they're 13-1 and one with a shot at the natty. Did anyone pick TCU in the preseason to win it all? Yeah, I didn't think so. They are right now a 13-and-a-half-point underdog. But the Horned Frogs are full of confidence coming off that massive epic upset win over Michigan. Don't try to convince these guys they can't take down the defending champs. And what I found watching video of TCU play a lot of their games this season is that TCU's an outstanding football team. You don't get to the national championship by being average or having weaknesses. TCU is talented, they're well coached, and they're a complete football team. They play offense, they play defense, they play special teams. There are no weaknesses. The offense is impressive. Defense is legit. Got a big play return man and a quality kicker. Both of those guys are all Big 12 players. Hey, man, let's break it down on both sides of the ball. Let's start with this Georgia offense and the TCU defense. The Horn Frogs on defense, they run a 3-3-5 stack scheme, and they do this because of the Big 12 offenses 
They're all running the air raid on offense or a spread offense. They're throwing the football more than they're running it. So that's what the three three five's all about is defending the pass. But make a note. They play the run tough. Held Texas to 22 yards rushing. Slowed down the Michigan run game. Early in that Michigan game, uh, that Michigan running back busted out and had a 54-yard sprint. But after that run to get the game started, Michigan, the rest of the game, averaged three yards a carry. Safeties and linebackers for TCU were really ultra-aggressive, very active against the run. And as you know, Georgia, they've run it 57% of the time this season. Against the pass, TCU, they mostly are only going to rush three three defenders. And they like to heat up the quarterback by bringing a linebacker in the pass rush to mix it up. Most of the time, they're just going to rush three guys, which means they're going to drop eight back into coverage. Here's another thing about the TCU defense. They blitz. They blitz. They've got the lowest blitz rate in college football. So they don't like to bring extra guys after the quarterback. They're going to drop seven and eight defenders into pass coverage the entire game. They're not going to get very many sacks but they do a good job of pressuring the quarterback. One of their defensive ends, Dylan Horton, number 98, had four sacks against Michigan. He's their best pass rusher. So Amarius Mims or Warren McClendon, whoever's playing right tackle, is going to have the toughest assignment up front. Now, the video study of the TCU defense shows uh, mostly zone coverage. They'll play man a little bit. But when you drop eight into zone, can shrink the passing lanes for the opposing quarterback, the windows to fit the ball into the zone coverage at the intermediate level really shrinks down. TCU has an All-American cornerback and Travius Hodges Tomlinson, who won the Jim Thorpe Award. He's a first-round pick in the upcoming NFL draft. On the other side, Josh Newton has a top-15 passer allowed rating, and he's a first-team All-Big 12 cornerback. The nickel corner, Millard Bradford, had a pick six against Michigan. He's played some really good football. So cornerback is a strength of this TCU defense. Stetson's going to have to be sharp with eight defenders in coverage and with these cornerbacks being so talented for TCU. Look for Coach Todd Monken to target the middle of the field, short to intermediate in this matchup. Because the, the linebackers and the safety are so aggressive in the run game, playing that three-man front, so aggressive when they see uh, what looks like a running play, they aggressively attack that line of scrimmage, trying to slow down the run game. So expect to see Monken utilizing run-action fakes, the the play-action fake, and targeting Brock Bowers, uh, hopefully Darnell Washington, and especially Kenny McIntosh, work in the middle part of the field. 
Ad Mitchell, Arian Smith, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint face a uh, challenge face challenging matchups out on the perimeter against these three talented TCU cornerbacks. So I think Stetson's really going to have to be sharp with his decision making. One way TCU stays in the game or has a shot to pull off the big upset is to force turnovers. And Bennett trying to force it into these tight windows in zone coverage or maybe taking too many shots outside against these talented cornerbacks uh, could create a problem as far as turning the ball over. Travius Hodges-Tomlinson is a player, so you don't want to challenge him too much because at some point he's going to make you pay with an interception. If it's a deep zone, my advice to Stetson would be to not try to force it into these tight spots. Come off that. Get on to the next receiver in your progression. Maybe check it down a little bit more than you normally would and get some yards after the catch. If they're going to drop eight into coverage, hey, take the, the short stuff, let them catch the ball, and then get some yards after the catch. Stetson's got to be disciplined with his decision-making. This is a matchup. I mean, you don't want to ever turn the ball over, but you especially don't want to turn it over in the national championship game. And with mainly a three-man pass rush, Stetson will have some opportunities to hurt him with his legs. And we hadn't seen Stetson do that. He he was a little reluctant to pull it down and run with it against Ohio State. You didn't see him doing a lot of that against LSU. He's going to have an opportunity to do that. Do some damage scrambling. Exiting the pocket. He can't find an open receiver. Pull that sucker down and run with it. Do some damage with that. All right, joining me now is ESPN college football analyst and Georgia football legend, David Pollock. What impresses you about TCU? Uh, man, there's a lot. The, the, the turnaround from them from this is year one for Sonny Dykes. And, and I think offensively, when you look at them, they're just, you know, they got a quarterback that's going to get drafted in the NFL, a running back that's going to get drafted high in the NFL, and a wide receiver that will be the first wide receiver taken. So I think speed, skill, um, high-flying, that can score a bunch of points, that's probably what jumps off the most at them. Sonny Dykes uh, hit that transfer portal, and they flipped the script. What were they, 5-7 and seven a year ago? And, and look at them now, 13-1 and one in the natty. This is new age foot college football. I believe five starters on defense, four on offense, transfers. Sonny Dykes able to get it done out there. Yeah, he's done a great job. And, and listen, they've had their scares. They've had a bunch of close games. And I think, you know, you start to build momentum. And, and I heard Sonny talk about it. He was like, listen, he's like, I knew I had a special team when I get in the locker room at, at halftime of Oklahoma, halftime of Oklahoma State. After some of these close games, he was like, they just, they didn't get too high. They didn't get too low. And, and it starts with Duggan. Their quarterback, Duggan, um, he's an Iowa kid, just brought up on a farm, super tough. Um, you know, wasn't even the starter day one, still stayed, didn't even think about transferring, uh, became the starter after you know, the first guy struggles, Mordecai struggled against Colorado week one, and then he takes over. So it's just been a, a blue-collar team. Um, their defense is, is really interesting because – they blitz less than anybody in college football. They're number number like they're number one in least blitz teams. They just 
They play really physical with their front and their their secondary. They three play that three three five and they mix it up in the back end. They're a hard team to kind of figure out what they're doing, but it all starts with a a physical defensive line and stopping the running game. That's what's gotten them going against Texas and Michigan and really helped them develop into who they are. Duggan is is nothing short of awesome. That wide receiver, Johnston, is a stud. You mentioned uh, they got a couple of running backs. One's dinged up, but the other certainly step up, stepped up in the semifinal. A lot of talk about them. But I tell you what, what stands out to me, David, is the offensive line. We're talking about a veteran group, an experienced group, what, three seniors, two juniors. I think balance is what they're in search of against Georgia. How about that offensive line? Really good, really big, really physical. Um, you know, they average over 315 on the offensive line. A guy, uh, uh, well over 100 starts up front. So a bunch of upperclassmen who have seen all the things um, and understand football really, really well. They do a good job of uh, with balance. You know, the Miller, their running back, that turd is so good. I mean, just physical, squats a house, deadlifts a house, breaks tackles, can catch it, can beat you with speed, can run you over. Uh, but but I think it does start with that offensive line and their protection, and then the system that you know they spread you. They, they you just think similar to Tennessee. They they take every blade of grass. They spread you sideline to sideline. They want to run quick with up tempo, but you know they got to be able to protect, and they have with Max Duggan. And again, Duggan at the quarterback spot, he's also a great runner. And we just struggled with CJ Stroud running the football. We didn't know CJ could do that. Never seen him do it before. Kirby and company will know that. Duggan can really, really run, and he's a dual-threat guy. So this is a complete offense at every level. That uh, front seven did a good job against that Michigan run game, and uh, you mentioned Texas, too, shut down their run game. What's this Georgia offensive line looking at? I know Horton, what do you have, four sacks against Michigan? Uh, that, that front yeah. seven looked like they were playing tough. Yeah, and again, because of what they run, it's very unique. It's very different. It's, it's, it's a true three-three-five. You know, they have three defensive linemen that are just going to try to eat up double teams the whole time and run back and linebackers that are going to are going to try to run through and make plays and get TFLs. But uh, just really, really good. And then you got, uh, you know, um, Hodges Tomlinson, you know, the Lenny Tomlinson's son that's, that's going to be out wide that run the Thorpe as a really good corner, a smaller corner, but uh, just a, a physical group. Um, got more physical throughout the season, by the way. I didn't think they were great early in the season. I thought they were by far the biggest weakness, but you can tell. They got three guys with five-plus sacks, um, and again, that's getting home without blitzing. So it'll be tough because you've seen Georgia with uh, Mississippi State struggle to run the football against that that type of a defense. And uh, so that creating the confusion and, and pulling the quarterback and uh, you know stopping the physical ground game obviously will be really important for them. Hey, Stetson Bennett, uh, this Ohio State game was just phenomenal. Stetson uh, played great in spurts, had a little bit of a a period there where it didn't go so well, but so impressed with his ability when the game's on the line to play his best football. It's stupid, man. I mean, it's it's really silly. And, and, you know, the fourth quarter alone, he was 10 of 12, I think, for 193 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, just... In the biggest game last year against Alabama in the fourth quarter, we needed scores, you know, multiple scoring touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. He just, he's got an unbelievable ability. Buck, I think it has a lot to do with who he is and who he, how he's been brought up and being a walk-on and nobody wanting him and coming back and nobody wanting him. But I think he just, I think he's just letting it rip and let the chips fall where they are. He's not trying to be something he's not, but they love him. 
He's got the dual threat ability, but he's, he's a gamer. He got hit a bunch, didn't play great in the third quarter, really, really struggled. And then all of a sudden, he can do it. He can flip that switch and get hot. And how about Arian Smith, Buck? Like, this is a guy that a ton of hype last year before he got on campus, you know, in his freshman year, up and down hurt. Uh, this this year hasn't really done much. Again, been banged up a little bit, but I think he had three catches for 129 and none bigger than that, you know, deep ball for the touchdown and to start the fourth quarter with like eight minutes left when you're down multiple scores to get a quick strike like that was huge. So you're seeing a lot of different Mims, Amarius Mims step up at, you know, he had to play right tackle the whole game. Um, so you're seeing a bunch of different guys step up in a bunch of different spots. Yeah, Oscar Delp stepped in there for Washington yeah. and and did a nice job. My concern coming into the matchup was Ohio State was going to score. And Georgia, the, the one area that, that I've been concerned about is that wide receiver group and to get Ad Mitchell and Arian Smith back in there, guys that have been dinged up all season long, really completed this offense and was yeah. uh, enabled them to put those 42 on the board. Thrilled to see Mitchell and Smith get in there and make some plays. Yeah, and Adrian Mitchell's their best guy, and it's not close. And, and he missed that basically the whole season. You know, played the first two games, and then he's out and comes back late. So he's huge. He's the best route runner, the most, you know, the most uh, polished guy by far. And then uh, Aaron Smith, and then McConkey's been banged up too. I mean, they, they've been they've been banged up like crazy, and they fought. But you know, this week will be another challenge because because TCU the same thing. They'll they're okay putting guys on an island. They're okay playing. You know, they do a really good job matching up in coverage and play zone when they want to and uh, the pass rush. So this will be another tremendous challenge, whether you have Washington or not. Delp did do a good job, but I don't suspect wait or Buck that we'll have to wait to the third quarter to see Brock Bowers this time. Like, I think you got to do a better job of featuring that guy early and often. McIntosh got to feature him in the pass game like you did early in the game. Um, even if it's not the traditional wide receivers, there's still other guys that – can beat you in a multitude of ways, and Bowers and McIntosh especially. Hey, remind me your thoughts on Georgia coming into the year. You you nailed that prediction last season. They got a chance to run it back here. Does this surprise yeah, I, you at all? I completely screwed this preseason prediction up. So <laughs> last year I might have hit it, but this year I, I didn't think they'd make the playoff. I mean, I just how do you lose 15 guys to the draft and five first round picks on the defense and come back and play great defense? I just, I thought we'd have a great offense, but I thought we would really struggle on the defensive side of the football, but it wasn't the case. Now, listen, the last two weeks we struggled like crazy and got to find a way to get the mojo back and the pass defense has to play better. And Lasseter, you know, is going to be asked a lot opposite Ringo and the pass rush, you know, now, down even more starters without Nolan Smith, without Shambliss and some of those guys, Michael Williams and, you know, Jalen Carter and Beal. These guys are going to have to find a way to generate a pass rush and get pressure on Duggan. But they've been uh, – it's been an unbelievable surprise um, replacing all those guys so quickly and to be so dominant. And, by the way, I mean, shoot, Buck, you talk about winning this one next year, they're going to be really good again. I mean, most of these guys are coming back and – um, it's kind of fun to be a Georgia fan right now. Yeah, and that schedule looks pretty manageable looking ahead to next year, too. We'll save that for another time. But, hey, great job previewing the semifinal matchups, especially that TCU-Michigan game. I know you've been working overtime. We appreciate you taking time for us, David. No problem. Thanks, bud. Great having David on. Man, he is awesome. All right, let's do a deep dive into Georgia's defense and their matchup against 
the uh, OC Garrett Riley, who is the assistant coach of the year in college football. And let's take a look at his TCU offense. Watching game video of the Horned Frogs on offense, what jumped off the monitor to me was the offensive line. It's a veteran, experienced group that is really, really big. I mean, these are some big offensive linemen they throw out there. You got three seniors and two juniors. The center and the left guard are all Big 12 first teamers. So this Georgia front is going to be facing a really, really outstanding offensive line. TCU seeks balance on offense. They want to mix the run and the pass, and that's going to be huge for them against this Georgia defense. Look, man, you know all about the quarterback, Max Duggan, Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. He can spin it. He can run with it. He manages the game. He delivers in big moments in these games, and he's one of those ultimate competitors, a lot like Stetson when it comes to competing. Duggan's go-to receiver is an All-American. Quentin Johnston is six foot three, two hundred and five pounds. Runs a fofo, and he's highly skilled. He's going to be a top fifteen pick in the first round of the upcoming NFL draft this spring. And number one gets the ball in multiple ways. He gets it on the go route. Going to see him on the shallow crossing route, which he turned into a long touchdown run against Michigan. You're going to see the over, which is an intermediate crossing route. Lassiter and Ringo are back in the spotlight against this guy, man. They're going to have to play big. Darius Davis is a playmaker in the slot. He's also their return man. He can be dangerous with the ball in his hands. And freshman Jordan Hudson, he wears number seven. He has developed quickly and has become a huge physical target for Duggan. He's got some legitimate weapons at that wide receiver position. Running back for TCU took a hit when their go-to guy, Kendra Miller, dinged his knee up in the semifinal matchup against the Wolverines, but he's a first-team all-Big 12 back. They're hoping he's going to be able to give it a go. He ran for 1,400 yards, 17 touchdowns, average 6.2 yards per carry. This is going to be a huge hit if he can't play in the game on Monday night. You know, the backup is, is a player, though. He stepped up big against Michigan. Amari DiMicardo went for 150 on 17 carries, and that included a 70-yard sprint. You Bulldog fans probably a little concerned about this Georgia defense. These last two games, we've allowed 71 points and 1,000 yards. Reason to be concerned here. Jaden Daniels, Garrett Nussmeyer, LSU's passing attack, they were uh, did some damage against us. And then C.J. Stroud carved us up in the secondary and the semifinal game. Max Duggan can do the same with the receivers that he has. Against Ohio State, Georgia brought a lot of heat, rushing five and six guys a lot of the time in the game. And I was a little surprised by that. Georgia typically uh, is only going to rush four guys trying to get to the quarterback with four, but they brought five and six consistently against C.J. Stroud trying to get him on the ground. Look, we miss Nolan Smith coming off the edge, our best pass rusher. Inside, Jalen Carter is facing a lot of double teams.
And now at this point in time in the season, man, we're expecting two freshmen, Michael Williams and Marvin Jones Jr., who hadn't played very much at all this season. Jones got some playing time against Ohio State. We're expecting two freshmen to deliver on this big stage. I might be asking a lot. The guest here says Kirby, Glenn Schumann, Will Muschamp, as far as the game plan goes on defense, will go back to playing primarily zone coverage and rushing three and most of the time four guys, dropping seven or eight back into a uh, multiple zone coverage scheme, force Duggan to take the underneath stuff and then come up and tackle. Duggan and Johnston are hoping to see some man-to-man matchups, hoping to hit some big plays. And whether it's Johnston running a crossing route or Duggan taking off with his legs, I'll be surprised if we rush as aggressively as we did against C.J. Stroud and the Buckeyes. Man, I hear a lot of talk about Stetson needing to play four quarters of quality football. Well, this Georgia defense better tighten it up and play some ball on Monday night. Uh, both uh, with a pass rush and in pass coverage. And and one more thing, TCU features the top place kicker in the Big 12. As I mentioned, Griffin Kell, Big 12 kicker, he's 16 for 18 on field goals. I don't think he's going to hook it with the game on the line like that Ohio State kicker did. Don't get me wrong, I like Georgia to win the game, but I am impressed with this TCU team. They've got that Cinderella tag, but look, these guys are good. It's a complete team, talented and well-coached. But I know what you're wanting. You want me to pick the game, okay? I get it. Georgia 38, TCU 24. Can you believe it? Back-to-back national titles. What Coach Smart has done is amazing. He's, He's the best coach in college football right now. The way they recruit the way they coach these players up once they get them on campus, the way he's able to communicate and motivate the teenage young man has been amazing. I don't think anybody's doing a better job of that in college football, the way he can communicate and motivate these guys on a daily basis. Talking about 17, 18, 19-year-old kids for the most part. And that's the reason why, if George is able to take down TCU, run it back, you're going to hear this three-peat talk. It's going to be all the rage this upcoming offseason. That's going to do it for Episode 78 of Bucks Beat Podcast. Hey, man, thanks for checking it out. Subscribe to Bucks Beat and get the latest updates every week from the most connected guys in Georgia sports. Follow Buck at BuckBaloo8 on Twitter and check out all the fan podcasts at thepodcastpark.com. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. 
like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.